Hi, I'm Ryan North. I'm Lori Fungi. And I'm Sean Wilson. You're listening to Foster Family Matters, a production of CK Family Services. People united through God to enhance the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of at-risk children and families. Welcome back to Foster Family Matters. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we hope you all had a uh, fantastic Mother's Day. Yes. And uh, hope I that did. you picked up our, our Happy Mother's Day episode that we put out as a, a little bonus for you guys. Um, today we're continuing. So two weeks ago we released an episode. Is that right? Is my timing right? Two, yeah. two weeks ago we... we I were... depend on you entirely for my timing of these matters. <laughs> <laughs> we are all in trouble. My internal clock is, is all kinds of weird. But uh, at some point, I feel in, confident two weeks ago. At some point in the recent past, uh, we we released transitions <laughs> one. Uh, we actually we actually called it uh, "Summer is Coming" as kind of a play on words with uh, uh, with the Game of Thrones. Uh, winter is coming. That sounds very threatening. Summer is coming. Dun, dun, dun. Well, for some, it can feel threatening. Amen. I think, right? Can I get a witness? Yeah. Um, so uh, today it, it, we had so much we wanted to talk about and, and we try to limit ourselves to 20 or 30 minutes or so per episode. And, and so we are doing kind of a transitions part two today. Yep. And uh, I think that we'll try to we'll probably we'll likely go all over the place, but um, we'll try to focus on kind of uh, before we talked about kind of macro and micro level transitions or uh, kind of life level transitions versus mm-hmm. event level transitions. And I think today we'll try to do a little more kind of uh, event level. Is that right? Lori? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And um, so take it away, guys. What uh, what do we have to say about transitions? Part two. If I may say this, if you. Uh, if if you don't set up the children for success, you're going to set them up for failure, right? That, 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 that That's a binary decision. It's succeed or fail when it comes to these kinds of things. And we know that um, everybody likes predictability. Nobody likes change. Uh, but we do know that traumatized people like predictability even more than people that don't have big trauma histories. I think need it. Need it more, yes. Rely on it. That's true because because the unpredictability actually is processed as, as scary. Absolutely. And so, um, and so we have to manage transitions. And I know, you know, one of the, pu- the things pushback we always get from folks is, is when are the kids going to be able to do these things for themselves? And we'll remind you that um, unless you taught somebody how to do something, they're not going to know how to do it, right? But kids don't develop in isolation. And so um, it's a great skill for teaching them to manage a lot of things, their time, their transitions. Um, I'll give you an example at our house. Um, we used to say stuff. So at our house, there's a big basket by the front door where everybody puts their shoes when they come in the home. And so, um, but oddly enough, some of them put two shoes in there, but only one shoe remains. Yeah, what is that? That's like the, the socks in the dryer it thing, exactly right? Yeah, it's exactly, like, exactly like the socks in the dryer. So um, we'd say stuff like, so we were going to, to my wife's uh, parents for dinner one Friday night, and we'd say, okay, find your shoes. It's time to go. And then um, 30 minutes later, we were still at home. Um, and we were really, really frustrated and probably found ourselves yelling at the children, um, which I now confess in a public forum, I sometimes yell at my children. <laughs> um, and so uh, what we learned that night is that it takes 30 minutes for everybody to get their stuff together and get to the car. So if we need to leave at 6, we'll tell them at 5.30 it's time to go. Mm. Right. So that's so that something the adults have to do. So for, for me, that's always my favorite example of managing transitions from doing the fun thing at, things at home, whether that be playing video games, um, watching TV shows, reading books, riding bicycles, whatever the kids like to do, um, for us to manage that transition from the thing they're doing, which they really, really are enjoying and invested in, to the next thing that needs to happen. It is the adult's responsibility to manage that transition. And so figuring out what works for your family um, is super important. In Absolutely. my humble opinion. 
and I think in 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 the same breath looking at and, and figuring out what is a transition and in the most simplistic way it's realizing that almost everything we do from the moment we yeah. wake up to the moment we go to bed we're transitioning from one event to another and so yours and, and I think that it's important that you noted something fun that our kids are doing from going from something fun to something maybe a little less desirable or something that has to get done like eating dinner or eating lunch or doing homework during the school year those things need taking to get a weekly done. shower I mean yes. whatever <laughs> going to the restroom and, and right you yes get up I know you have to be right now I see it you're doing the dance Go. You're dancing. We can pause. Uh huh. And 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 realizing that we experience this, um, I think any parent experiences experiences this dozens and dozens times a day. Mm. And if we don't really get a grasp on it, we're gonna f- we're not gonna feel successful in the, by the end of the day. That's when we lay in bed and we go, man, I really jacked this one up today. Everything just went awry. The wheels completely fell off. And it could happen for a myriad of reasons. But I think the most common is that we're not getting a good handle on how we're preparing our children for transitions. Yeah, you know, um, I was just thinking while you were talking how if you're in a, um, you get a new job and you're required to use some proprietary software, but nobody trains you on that software and then you mess things up, we can go, right, we we all accept that, oh my gosh, that person should have been trained, right? If only they trained that person. However, when it comes to children, we want them just to organically figure things out. And, and, you know, sometimes people say, well, shouldn't the children be held responsible for their actions? Um, I think once you have trained them, that that's a great idea. But just assuming that they will do these things well, when they've had no model of that, they've had no mentoring, and they've had no coaching in it, to assume that they will do these things well is a mistake. Which, which you know, I'm sure at some point we're going to have to do an episode on on having reasonable expectations, because I think you do have to have realistic expectations. And and again, um, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. In in the parent-child relationship, all of the responsibility to act like an adult belongs to the parent, and I think we can't um, we can't abdicate our responsibility. You that's know, and an I'm wondering truth. if if that's where the hang-up starts. Is that the idea is well, they just need to know it, right? So it's time to get in the car, get in the car. But I think going a step further back and being even a little bit more vulnerable, I'm wondering how much of it is I told you what to do and you're not listening to me. I'm yes. the parent. I'm in yes. control. Pride. And it's the pride. Yeah. And it's the um, the lack of respect. It's the um, negation of who I am and my authority and my control in this situation. I asked you to do something and you're not doing it. You are thereby being disrespectful to me. And that's, that's so common. And that's the way I was raised. So for me to not raise my children that way was something that I had to be incredibly intentional about and get down on their level and see from their experience and from from their eyes of that expectation is my expectation, not one that I want to place on my children. We're really kind of going in a direction that veers a little bit away from, from totally transitions, did. right? But um, <laughs> but that's okay because I think it's important and it's kind of foundational, not just to parenting, but kind of the human experience uh, because pride pride something that bleeds into every every facet of our lives and and you know whether it's it's a disagreement with people at work or whether it's a disagreement with your spouse or your best friend or your mother or your children or your pets or whomever whatever living organism that you come into into contact with it it frequently when you boil it down to its essence comes down to I'm upset because my person somehow is threatened, offended, my, mm. my status, mm-hmm. my, my sense of security, my, my well-being is somehow threatened, right? And, and it's, 
it's almost laughable and people get offended Right. Again, reoffended if you point out to them that that their their response by doubling down on on their kid is really in response to their own insecurities, but it's true. Yeah. So, um, if I may say something about both of those, both you guys' comments, um, I actually thought to myself, uh, Fungi, you have opened Pandora's box because we're still going to be sitting here five hours from now I just talking know. about the stuff you just said. <laughs> Hold on so a second. <laughs> let me call Daniel. I'm going to need a larger hard drive. <laughs> Can somebody? Um, and then you handled that way more diplomatically than than the way I, mm. I just did. But but it's so um, it is so true. It is when when the sense of self gets offended somehow that we have to push back on that. Um, you know. But but I but I'll remind you again. If if you have to tell people you're in charge, you're probably not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And 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 when my my dad and I when we discuss things and if those discussions turn into disagreements, there's always one common thread is that he really doubles down on the way things should be. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, that's not how things are, and that's where we get to the point of differentiation. And I think that in our minds we have this idea of the way things should be, but then there is this reality that sets in our home. And and, and I mean, to, to be fair, change is hard. Back to the transition thing, right? It's just changing from one thing to another. And so this idea of what you looked like, what you thought the family might look like, how you thought the kids might act. I, I don't know if, if you thought the kids would always be nicely dressed with their hair done nicely and refer to mom as mother dear or anything. I don't know if any, any of that was from, your, from watching you know, TV shows in the 50s and 60s or anything like that. But the truth of the matter is at my house, it's loud and it's rowdy and we have to sort of live in that space you know and and, and we have to set our kids up to, for success and one of the ways that we do that is managing transitions well um if if you need the kids to do something like, like my wife always said you know every single time i tell the kids can you guys need to stop you know stop playing video games or whatever i need you to unload the dishwasher mm-hmm. they always would say can i have a compromise what's a compromise can we have 10 more minutes Okay, so now my wife goes, you know, I need that done in 10 minutes. She's, can you guys need to stop playing video games and, uh, and then unload the dishwasher? Can we have a compromise? What's your compromise? 10 minutes, I'll set a timer. So if we want to talk about, you know, you said at the beginning, practical advice, here's some of my practical advice. Alexa is great for that. It is. Um, it's the only thing we use our microwave for is the timer. Let's, let's set everyone's Alexa timer right now. Alexa, Alexa. <laughs> set a timer for 10 minutes. I feel a little bit ashamed talking about pride. I do not have an Alexa. <laughs> so, there's, but I'm also no, the one that reads books on paper Lord, and has the, a calendar on This paper. is the studio of affirmation. <laughs> this, there Am is I no shame here? here. Thank you. No shame. We affirm your unexplainable right to have a paper calendar. <laughs> we don't understand it. <laughs> you don't have to understand it. But we Just, see you and we hear we, you. Thank you. Thank you. I feel very accepted in this space right now. <laughs> I feel like you should more feel mocked. So, for fa- <laughs> I know. Then I'm sure I am over Is the there airwaves. A difference? <laughs> ah, Moving but on. for families that maybe don't have Alexa, um, I think the Google makes a product too. <laughs> Get the Google one then. Well played, sir. Well and played. while it's being delivered to your house, you can use egg timers. You can use timers on your phone. You can use the timers on your microwave. Mm. Um, you can. I really love to empower kiddos. I'd say as young as six, all the way into teenagers, looking for watches and getting their buy-in, buying them a watch, whether yeah, it's analog good, yeah. or digital, but to help them be accountable for time and be accountable for what's to come, and also teach them a life skill and how to tell time. Absolutely. No, I, I love it. That's like double duty. I really like that. So you, 
plenty of options. You right? do have plenty of options, and and uh, and watches that you know kids like my daughter, my six year old, has a watch that has one of her favorite cartoon characters on it, and it was like five bucks at a large store that has blue and yellow writing. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. You can say Best Buy. <laughs> I meant to say Walmart, actually. Oh, oh both got a plug. Man. Um, speaking of the phone, though, uh, my, my wife has, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll have her send it to you, Sean, so if you want to get the show notes, whatever. She has okay. a timer on this that's a visual timer, so at the yeah. end, when the timer goes, like the, the, you can watch it, or like a candle pops up and the kids like you know can blow the candle out mm-hmm. or what, whatever on the screen. So the kids actually enjoy having to get to do something at the end of the timer. Mm. But what we've found is as much as they go, oh, we want to play, we don't want to stop this, can we have a compromise? As much as that goes, if we actually set a timer on like a deck, uh, the phone or the microwave or, or, or any kind of thing like that, um, we actually find their ability to stop what they're doing and move to the next thing astounds me every time. Because it's now not, uh, it's not a personal, emotional engagement with the parent. It's now me versus the clock and the clock one. So I accept that. Um, I'm, I really oversimplified that, but it is less of there's less drama surrounding it than I always expect there to be because they're kind of like okay, Alexa, stop, and then they move on to the next thing. So good. Well, and let me throw something out. So we, I, I have a five year old at home who uh, who loves watching. Um, we monitor and restrict her her TV watching abilities quite a bit, but she has a couple of t- a couple of shows, Pinkalicious. Uh, is one in particular. If you if you if you have if you have a five year old daughter, you know <laughs> what I'm talking about. Check that about. out. I don't know what that is. <clears throat> it's exactly what you think that it is. It's, My six year old just watches all the time. Watches unboxing videos on YouTube. Now. Yeah, That's yeah, all she yeah, does. yeah, yeah. We do a little bit of that, but there's there's that. I, I don't even know his name, but there's that. There's a child, um, a parent child combo who started out on YouTube unboxing toys and playing with them, and and he grew to such popularity that he now has a show like on PBS, huh. like he or maybe it's Nickelodeon. I don't remember one of the networks is in, what is this world coming we live in a crazy to? world right but, and, and my daughter loves it she's yeah. like i want to watch this kid play with toys like she wants to do that more than playing with she's the toy vicariously herself. living through him well she gets wow. that she comes by that honestly her father might like that sort of <laughs> video game you know, Anyways, people un- unboxing like electronics i digress um <laughs> the point that i'm trying to make is that we we kind of did the whole thing and and i want to ask you guys a question about how you how you determine five minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever, whatever that kind of time mm. is that you're with, right? And I think it's kind of child-specific. But a lot of times I find having to kind of nurture my daughter through a transition away from that when we've allowed her to watch a show and, and, or two shows, and now it's time for that to come to an end. It's always best if we kind of set her up and say in the beginning, okay, you can watch, you can watch two episodes, you can watch one episode. And then sometimes things happen in my life to where I, I now suddenly feel the need to pull her away instantly, even though I've told her she can have to. And I have to kind of take a step back and go, wait a second. I've, I've already made a commitment here. Like this is, I've, I've, I've committed to my daughter. You can have this much time to engage in this activity. And so instead of telling her, Whoa, everything's gone crazy. Now you have to stop this right now. I'll, 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 I'll stop my stuff. I'll kind of dial my stuff yeah. back. Right. And, and that's where a couple of episodes ago, I started it off by asking you guys if, you know, if, as your has your experience in parenting ever really felt convenient? And I think if you're parenting right, you feel inconvenienced mm. consistently because I think it's a lot of that, right? It's a lot of having to check your own needs and your own own set of circumstances in order to meet the needs of, of our kids. So, but back to the television thing, if you're watching TV on uh, the internet, you usually have like a play bar at the bottom, right? 
And so if you get into a set of circumstances where you need to put an end to their current activity and move them on, instead of just telling them arbitrarily five minutes, 10 minutes, three minutes, I usually ask her, how much time's left on that show? Yep. And, and she'll go, I don't know, she'll mouse over and I can see on the, on the bar. <laughs> and I'll usually pad it by a couple of minutes just so that we don't have confrontation at the end of it because she invariably will start the next episode <laughs> you know, without it. Um, but that's worked for me. Like find, find, a, find a time that works for them and work that into whatever it is that you need to manage, I, I think. I don't yeah, know. I, I think? I th- yeah, no, I think that... Um, one of my favorite things is if I can parent my children in such a way that they go to bed at night and go, well, my parents are reasonable people. For me, that's a parenting win. And so um, so if our kids are watching something, um, you know, on YouTube or Netflix or anything like that, um, we'll typically ask them to pause so we can see how much time's left. Because if it's, um, you know, unless it's like, and we don't let the kids watch TV after dinner uh, typically until bedtime there's typically some downtime for their minds before they have to go to their beds um but i I might say you know there's like 17 minutes left um why don't we just pause it now Hmm. you come and load the dishwasher then you can watch the rest of it right and and they seem to be pretty pretty good with that so so um you know being willing to compromise and be creative i think that connected parenting makes you has to make you an intentional parent i think that it is convenient and that's that's okay um, that's okay because, you know, often we ask parents, why do you say no to your children as much as you do? And they'll come back and say, you know, I really paid attention to that. And it turns out that I just actually wanted to sit on the couch and watch sports. And, and, and the kids need better than that. And so um, I think that's, that's great to kind of check. I think to be flexible is really, really great. There's very, very rarely really hard stops in our day. Even if we're going to grandma's house, if grandma has to wait 15 more minutes and I have to hear how dinner's cold and or any of those things, that's okay. I can handle that. Um, and I know right now people are listening, say, you're just advocating for the children controlling the home. Guaranteed. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm not advocating for the children c- controlling the home. What I am saying is that if I have to give five minutes and that allows us to peacefully conclude something, I will give five minutes. But I think you have to think tactically in that. But but for a lot of times, parents, that phrase is this, the question is this: the hill you want to die on today? Sure, is too often answered yes about every single hill. Well, if, if I said to you, if you're wanting to buy this cell phone from me, and I said uh, you can either buy it for a hundred dollars, you can buy it for five hundred dollars, are you ever going to actively choose the five hundred dollars? No, you're you're going to choose the one hundred dollars or try to talk me down from that. But frequently, as parents, we we try to go. We, we, we take actions that we know are going to result in a $500 charge to our account with our children, but we do it and justify it because it's, it's going to be worth it because my time is now more important than, than the value of, of my relationship with my child. Right. Yep. And it's, it's really, it's, it's hard to think about it that way, but that's, that's what we're doing. Because if you think about how you're treated in your day-to-day life, if people treat you the way that you're treating your child in that moment, how do you feel about them? And what does it do to your relationship with that, with that adult? Yep. And back to what you said, you said this at the beginning of this episode that, um, it was about authority and, and, and just because, uh, basically just because you have a title, just because you are a parent, just because you're CEO, just because you're supervisor doesn't mean that you're leading. Yeah. Having a title doesn't, doesn't mean anything more than somebody has given you a title, right? Um, in order to, to actually be a parent, you have to have children that are engaging with you. Yeah. So that, that idea actually, um, just a little insight to everybody listening. Um, we would, um, Laurie and I were trading 
a few good men dialogue lines um, during the warm-up for this episode. You can't handle the truth. I, I, I can. I challenge your <laughs> assessment of me. Um, but but at the end of that okay, movie... Ryan. This is a safe place. <laughs> I feel affirmed. Um, and so um, at the end of the movie, when, when Tom Cruise walks out of the courtroom, he says to um, Dawson and Downey, the two Marines who are on trial, he says, you don't need to wear a uniform to have honor. Which is what made me think about like you don't have to have a title to lead. That's it. And I, and I wholeheartedly believe that parenting is is one of the greatest leadership laboratories you will ever find yourself in, um, because we we if we are focused on compliance in the moment, then anything that deviates against um, and we'll talk about this um, here in future episodes. I happen to know because of the book that's in front of me um, <laughs> that we have this command and demand idea about 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 parenting, um, and if that works for you. Um, you know, t- tweet us. We'd love to hear about it. Um, but 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 if it doesn't, as I suspect it doesn't, um, then you have to find a way to connect in relationship, and moving forward from that place of connected relationship, actually move into the future. And I think that leaders need to be inspirational. They need to be creative. They need to be out of the box thinkers. Um, the I was I was full in the blank as a child, and I turned out fine. Is something that we hear far too often. Um, and, and again, I don't want to necessarily rabbit trail down that way, down that. But just because it worked um, for you does not necessarily mean it's going to work for the child in front of you because you're different people. Your lived experiences are different. Your belief systems are different. Um, you know, um, Sean, you, you sent an interesting uh, TED talk around last week. With the, I forget the guy's name, the, the dude from uh, uh, Paul Rulkins, Rul- I believe. Yes, Rulkins. That sounds right. And and he tells a story about when Einstein was a professor at Oxford, and he hands out the, the final exam at the end of the year, and and the, and the students look at it. One of them raises his hand, and he says, uh, "Professor Einstein, this is the exact same final exam you gave us a year ago." And Einstein says, yes, I know. And he says, no, I mean, like the exact, all the questions are exactly the same. And Einstein said, yes, but the answers are different. Just We're, let that sit there for a second. No, it, no I think that's, pro, it's profound. And it's profound to sit there for a second because cause if that didn't just like mess with everybody's minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and again, I don't want to, this isn't meant to challenge your sense of, of right or wrong or truth or, or any of those things, right? No, but there's a common thing. I'm, I'm sitting here smiling as I'm listening to you, gentlemen. There's a common theme in what you're both saying, and it, it goes back to self-awareness. And it goes back to who am I as a parent? Yep. What am I willing to make concessions for, and when am I not? When is my control feeling jeopardized? And if it is feeling jeopardized, why does that bother me? It's because I operate in a controlled space. I'm a controlling type of person. Control is regulating to me, and when anything comes into my life, to threaten that or to thwart that, I'm become dysregulated as a parent, right? Kids are going to do that. They are going to zap all control because they are trying to figure out their own autonomy and independence. And I think we see that when we go back to transitions and just on the very micro level, what does this look like day to day? It means that we are going from playing the video game to, hey, bud, I need you to be done in five minutes and get ready for dinner. I don't want to. And we feel it inside. It can be a very visceral reaction. We start to charge because we're preparing ourselves for this, what we imagine is going to be a battle. Where instead, it's some of the uh, applications that we've shared, such as, okay, totally get it. In 30 minutes, I'll give you 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever that looks like, it's going to be time. 
Got yeah. it? And we high five it. And we it, it's not just a conversation. It's a connection. It's do you understand what I'm saying to yeah. you? I hear you. You hear me. We're agreeing on this. And this is part of our plan. One of my things with my kids, is it a plan? We high five a plan. So anything I say, is it a plan? High five it. It's buy-in from the kiddo. He's on or she's on my side. They've understood. So I have compliance and comprehension in a really simple act. A high five. Well, I love that. That uh, if it's a plan, it's it's a high five with the kids because that's a contract. It's legally binding. It's legally binding, um, and so there was an exchange of energy with the high five. Um, I was thinking during all of that, that Lori, um, that that one of the keys to to actually seeing success in, in, in any form of parenting, let alone you know parenting kids with trauma histories, um, is consistency. Right. Uh, we talked earlier about how if we don't manage transitions well, that unpredictability, unpredictability is terrifying. Well, it's the same thing. So if you will consistently do these things over time, it's not that you're a reasonable person that allows compromises on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, but the rest of the week it's commanded demand. It's just not going to work. And a lot of people do that and it's just not going to work. What if we high five that? I, I meant, I meant, I meant, I meant. If we get a high five from the child, the whole Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, I thought you wanted a high five. Like if the kids there are in agreement. High five Gosh, I feel, I, I feel, I feel unaffirmed. That's okay. All Sean the, has cameras. People saw. Li- <laughs> That's true. Success. That's true. You, you were left hanging. Here, hold on. Here we go. Come I was on. left hanging. Come on. All right. Um, so all, all I'm trying to say, Sean, is that is that you know we've been doing this for a long time, right? Um, parenting kids this way, and so we're able to. Um, see success and and success doesn't mean uh, compliance right we have to make that point success okay. doesn't mean compliance because last night I, what i deemed to be success was at the at the end of 10 years of speaking into this and so last night you know there's some stuff that happened in our home and we finally got that to a peaceful place and ready to go um with the ama- amazing sleight of hand appearance of um Electric, electric toothbrushes that I purchased at the Dollar Tree earlier that day. And the kids like, oh, toothbrushes. And then we're excited about brushing their teeth and going to bed. And they were done with that. And they'd come back in the kitchen. And I said, okay, guys, um, you know, it's time to go to bed. And one of my daughters said, no. And I said, I said, sweetheart, I will work with you on anything. I will. Except if you yell no at me like that. And then I'm just going to like, that's not okay. That is not okay to do that. And she said, can I get some water first? Absolutely, sweetheart. And she did, and there was no more crisis. She was she was corrected, but it's based on the fact that we have consistently invested into that relationship the entirety of the, her life that's in right. our home, that's right. that we are able to operate in that space. And that's a thing. one of the things we have to really clearly communicate to parents all of the time is you have to consistently invest in the relationship. You will see the fruit, but you don't, you know, you don't throw some seeds in the ground and go pick up strawberries the next day. What? Yeah, there's there's like a whole there. what process. You, what if you throw strawberries with seeds on them in the ground? <laughs> Can you then go pick them up next? Day? Yes, but they're not very fresh. <laughs> kind of like eating our soggy salt cake. Oh, I don't even know what that, that means. <laughs> I thought we did episode that. three. Yeah. Oh, look, it's time to say wrap this up, Sean. <laughs> so let me let me jump in because I need okay. to. I, I've been I've been hanging this right here, right here. There's I don't know if you've noticed it or not, but there was a blood vessel that popped out a few moments ago. There's a wrinkle there now because I said something. I said something that I need to dial back, and I don't want to edit it out later. So <laughs> he's going to walk it back. I'm just going to walk it back live. And that is, I made some sort of a statement, and the details elude me a little bit, but something to the effect of you're not parenting unless you have engaged children, and and that's just not true. Um, so, uh, for those of you who are, are hopefully still listening, that heard me, <laughs> heard me.
me heard me accuse all of you who are struggling with your child's engagement to uh, and and you think that I think you're not parenting. Nothing could be further from the truth. I want to I want to pull that yeah, back. That's good. That's 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 a good word. So um, we're nearing the end. I'm not quite ready to wrap it up because I do, I do want to get one more piece in here because here's what I think as parents, I know I'm guilty of this and, and I've supported a lot of parents in, in my career so far. And, and so far, most of the parents that I've supported have been guilty of this. Some of yeah. them have, have taught me a lot. Many of them have taught me a lot. But when we, for us to go into uh, this concept of we're going to help our children manage transitions. I think that it's important that we realize, and and it should be coming through in all of these episodes that we're doing, is when we talk about things that we're going to help our children do, what we're really talking about is how we're managing ourselves right mm. because the kids are going to be the kids and and we there's this this just erroneous idea out there that that one human has the ability to control another human on this planet and and regardless of if you birthed birthed them that's hard to say birthed birth words are hard i do i do like your accent <laughs> when you said that word though you did good though Regar- regardless of whether you birthed them adopted them are borrowing them from someone else <laughs> had them dumped on you whatever the circumstances are they're on loan yeah like you don't control them they're as autonomous as you That's are right. and 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 That's at right. whatever stage they're at they have whatever skills they bring to the table but if you want to impact your experience with a child, you've always 100% of the time got to start with you. We need opinion. to get out of the business of thinking we can make people change or that we can change people. Either one of those. It's That's a nice fantasy to have, though. Right. I mean, because I, I, really, I really think, I'm just, you know, I know we're supposed to be talking about parenting here, but just think of every single other realm, right? Um, you know, um, you know, my, my wife and I have spoken this, about this before, but, you know, um, we, we're firm believers that that every you know year or so you should probably have a couple of sessions with a marriage therapist even if a little tune up yeah because because right. i mean take I, a car I, in to get tuned up why wouldn't you a marriage that's exactly that's exactly the uh you take your car in to get it tuned up i usually do it myself okay, thank you. <laughs> yep there we go that analogy just fell apart most people <laughs> most people accept the idea you need to change the oil on the car, That's right. but don't necessarily accept the idea that we need to change the oil on relationships. And so having an unbiased person who can, who can sit and just talk you through some stuff is really, really valuable. And, um, so Kayla and I went to, uh, went to a guy, um, can I, can I say his name? Sure. Um, Dr. Les Carter, who, who, um, a, a really a very, a very wise man. Um, but one of my thing, favorite things about Les is he wrote a book called Pleasing You is Killing Me. Mm. And I think it's just a really great, great, great title for a book. Um, but he said that when you're having a conversation with someone and you and they're and they're speaking, but you speak over them, you raise your voice, you increase the the, the cadence of your speech, or you get an aggressive tone. He said all of those are attempts to control them. And I thought, wow, I hadn't thought about any of that stuff. And so if I will accept that in my and, and it has revolutionized the way my wife and I speak to each other about things. Now we still disagree about stuff um, because you know sometimes one of us agrees and one of us is wrong. Um, I won't tell you. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No, I was confessing that sometimes I'm wrong, Lori. Oh, I know. What was the wow about? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, um, but, but it really has revolutionized the way we talk about each other uh, because of that. Talk to each other, excuse me, because of that, because I really, um, I really actually 
um, it bothers me if if I was if I was in a place where my wife thought I was trying to control her. And so I accept that in relationship with my bride. Then do I accept that in relationship with my children? And the answer has got to be yes, even though the answer is probably in, in love practicality. No, I don't accept that. And so I just think that um, I, my job is not to control my children. My job is to raise them in, what does the Bible say, in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord? Um, that's my job. And so um, if I'm going to raise them to be, you know, what, what, what is the goal of parenting? Ask people this all the time in some version of, we want to raise healthy, well-adjusted, productive members of society who raise the Lord. That sounds great. And then the follow-up question is, well, what are you prepared to do that? Are you prepared to, to check your swing? Are you prepared to bite your tongue? Are you prepared to consider their feelings? Because uh, those are the things you have to do if you want to raise that child. And so you know, people ask me, do I believe that healing is real? And I, a lady asked me uh, last year if I believed that healing was real. And I said, no, I don't. And she kind of was taken aback. I said, I don't have to believe. I know this does not require faith on my part because right. I've seen it. But we had to do it consistently every day. So that's my closing thoughts. So I know you're about to ask for my closing thoughts. I gave them in advance. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a great team player, Ryan. I love you. Okay, I'm proactive, my friend, <laughs> which is the message of connected parenting. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm going to – I will – we are to the closing thought segment of the show. And I want to ask you for yours, Lori, in just a second. But I, I – it, it strikes me in the middle of this, I, I want to go ahead and say it, if, if, you're, if you're not aware, um, we have set up a Facebook group. And uh, it's a Facebook group that's specifically for folks that would like to build community around this show. Um, and the topics that we discuss connect with other folks that are uh, struggling and succeeding or struggling and failing uh, in their parenting efforts. Um, the, uh, the URL is going to be facebook.com groups and then the title of the group is foster family matters it's it's the title of our of our podcast we'll put some links uh around in various places probably link it in the show notes on this episode and and maybe going forwards um but uh if if you would like to join the conversation Lori and and ryan and i uh will be popping in and out and and looking at uh comments and and uh, available uh, for interaction uh, on the, in that forum, and uh, we'd we'd love to exchange uh, our thoughts with you. We'd love for you to challenge our ideas. If 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 you're sitting there right now and and you're like, man, these guys are just so far off their rocker, or or something that I hear all the time is, yeah, but you don't know my child and you don't oh, know my yeah. circumstances, right? Um, and you're right, we we don't yet, but introduce introduce us to you uh, in that in that way, uh, Lori. Uh, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts on all transitions. Right. Um, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna beg you guys to follow me down this rabbit hole to to a place of connection. That with doesn't everything. feel like closing thoughts. <laughs> We're talking about what's what's really interesting and fascinating to me is that you can go to a preschool classroom of 21, 23 kids and one maybe two teachers with a TA, and they go from centers to circle time to snack to lunchtime and you they they corral like like little uh sheep to a shepherd they listen and they follow directions for the most part and we're talking about three and four year olds the number one reason that they go and jump from transition to transition is because there's a song 
in between every single transition. Mm. So it's playful, yep. it's rhythmic, yep. it's patterned, it's predictable, and it's the same song every single day um, with is the it, same tone. Is it I Love Rock and Roll? It could be. I don't know what preschool you went to. but. <laughs> <laughs> When you said we went from circle time to snack time, I'm like, that's, that's my day at the office. <laughs> and so I say that to bring it back to, there's going to be some parents that may already be doing this with the, their little ones. Um, there's going to be some that may feel really ridiculous singing um, because being playful is hard as an adult. Mm. Um, and I, I, I think my urge is just to, my charge behind you is to find that middle ground and find what works for you, but make it predictable and consistent every single day and help your kids transition. And the more times we do that, you'll see those little those little sheep um, will start viewing you as their shepherd and you get to feel that role for them and you get to guide them and lead them in the way that you want them to go. You know, I just had a great idea and we can't do it now because of the time constraints and maybe we can come back to this. Is is you said earlier, Lori, about how if you considered how many transitions you have in your day, it's it's really just a, a string of activities placed in between transitions, right? You have to transition from being asleep to being awake, from being in your bed to out. I mean, just every single new Think thing. Think of a high school student from class to class to class. So here's, what I, here's my suggestion. What we'll, write, we'll write down 10 or 15 trans- scenarios, give them to Sean, and he can just randomly pick them and say, well, how would you handle this transition? Ooh, mm-hmm. pop quiz. Yeah, so like, like, uh, like, like, um, like for me leaving to go to work, by the time I, I do that, my, some of my kids are awake already. And so uh, transitioning from being dad to my car actually has uh, repercussions for the children. And so we've had to do some things over, over the, the, the years to kind of help them with that. Because if I don't handle that transition well, it sets their day up for failure, yeah. which sets my wife's day up for failure, which sets my day up for failure, yeah. right? I mean, the, the dominoes fall. So, I mean, it's not just about the kids. There are actually ripple effects that go through the whole family if we don't handle these things well. I mean, even as professionals, going from a meeting into a therapy session, that's a transition That's what I meant from from circle time to snack time. (laughs) After a meeting, I have to have a snack. (laughs) Well, guys, uh, hopefully hopefully you've enjoyed uh, and find the uh, discussion today um, beneficial. And, um, you know, a little known fact, we we don't talk about it, but uh, we do. um, We are a Christian agency, and and Ryan and Lori and I uh, gather around and, and pray before uh, each one of these recordings, and and I think it's important, um, not in a self-aggrandizing way, but in a way to let you know that 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 we've prayed for you. Mm. Um, we've prayed that that uh, that the words that we we speak would not just fall on uh, rocky soil, but uh, that that if you're out there and, and in need of hearing this, that it'll eventually make it to your ears. And, and we just hope that you're blessed and edified with with whatever it is. Uh, give us feedback. That Facebook group mm. that I talked about earlier would be a great place to to let us know where you're struggling and what what sorts of topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Um, I don't know that this is necessarily. I think we've we've meandered all over the place today around transitions and through them, and 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 we maybe even like took the train for a while. Course. <laughs> the obstacle course. The episode we titled "Meandering." Yeah. <laughs> the insane musings of the minds of. <laughs> Oh, and then our neighbor, there we go. So my my closing thought, and then I've got a pitch for uh, what we're really excited for for the summer. But my closing thought is something that, and I think it's in line with what we've talked about today. Um, I I had the opportunity to speak to a foster parent one time, and they 
they they were talking to me about their experience in parenting a child that uh, that they did not give birth to. But I think that it really transcends and, and goes across the board. And and she said to me, you know, it's a it's a wonderful feeling uh, to look into the eyes of a child and uh, feel yourself uh, falling in love with them. Mm. Mm. Powerful. And then she said. But it is so freaking cool to look into the eyes of a child and see them falling in love with you. And and I think that's that's key, right? Like um, legitimate goosebumps, by the way. Because that's like that's that's where it's at, right? Like um, kids aren't obligations. Kids aren't something we have to do so we can get to whatever's next on our agenda. Like they're they're what we do. They're so why good. we do it. So good. Um, okay. Let me, uh, so we, if, if you're still, still watching, this is our longest episode yet, unless I like slash and hash it to death, um, which I won't. Um, <laughs> but we have something that I think we're, I think we're very excited about. Are we excited? Yes. Yes, so, we are. So we are going to do a summer reading club, uh, and we are going to use, hold that up again, the whole brainchild, uh, Daniel uh, Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson, Bryson yep. uh, are the authors of that book. We'll put links in the show notes uh, to this episode and, and then each of the next several um, where you can go and pick up a copy of that book if you would like. Um, here's what it is. So so this is a book that, that our organization requires that our foster families read uh, when, when they're caring for children. And uh, we've all read it. We're, we've benefited from the, the knowledge in this book. Um, there's 12 strategies that are important in this book, and we're going to focus on those 12 strategies. So this won't be like a, a chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. We're gonna we're gonna take uh, a chapter at a time, but we're gonna skip ahead to chapter two. I think it is. It has the first two strategies. Is that right? I think I think that sounds right to yeah. me. This this is this this book. Just don't know how much I love this book. I think everybody should read it um, because because the strategies in here are applicable to everybody. Uh, it's not written with the at-risk population in mind. This is just a broad book. I tell people, right. you should read this book if you have children, if you once were a child, and if you ever <laughs> have to deal with anybody who was once were a child themselves. Um, my wife and I are on the uh, read this book once a year cycle. So, oh, cool. so I'm currently it's a in nice the, reminders. In the, yeah, because it just because I'm, I'm I'm actually read it once a year. I read it once and have listened to the audiobook. Yeah. Um, it just as a reminder and take notes, and it's just amazing to me how many notes I was taking um, last weekend. Uh, on a flight with stuff that I just had either didn't hear the first time That's it. or had forgotten in the intervening here. And so that's just amazing to me because it, it really is true that sometimes you're just not at a place to hear some things. And so, so we're going to talk through some of those and I'm, I'm really excited that we're doing it. So, so the plan will, will, um, the, the next episode that comes out will be the first, uh, in this series and, and it'll probably run about five episodes or so, something to that effect. If we, if we do our math correctly with the strategies, um, we encourage you, if you're part of a small group, uh, consider using uh, our podcast uh, for the next couple of uh, next couple of months as your uh, discussion topic. Pick up the book, uh, read it in in your small group, discuss it, uh, listen to listen to our thoughts. Come on into our Facebook group and and tell us how our thoughts are all ridiculous and how we're wrong. <laughs> and um, we just want that kind of interaction with you guys, and, and we hope uh, hope that uh, hope that it'll be as much of a blessing to you as, as it will be for us. Um, so that's what you have to look forward to. And um, I'll go ahead and close this out, guys. Uh, thanks so much uh, for sticking in here with us for this longer episode. And uh, remember to, to like and thumbs up and star and, and rate highly uh, if, if you uh, believe highly in our little project here. And uh, like, I, like I continuously say, especially share it to those folks that you don't like because uh, we have 
winning personalities. <laughs> we are just, we are, we are changing lives. You have no idea, guys. It's hyper feedback. I, I have at least one person every like 60 or 90 days that says, wow. And then one person each of the intervening days. <laughs> and that says the opposite. No, that's right. No, no. No, just messing. Thanks so much, guys. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Hey, Bye. We love you dearly and care for you deeply.